You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over kings. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today, the game is different. With author and professional poker player Ashley Adams. Okay, you have some skill. Hello, everybody. This is Ashley Adams. You are listening to House of Cards. I'm your host for the hour. The first guest is David Schwartz. Dave Schwartz has written a book, a compilation of his articles about Atlantic City. It's called Boardwalk Playground. He's also the director of the Center of Gaming Research from the University of Las Vegas. And then, on a personal level, I am very happy to do an interview with Jeremy Mattern, who is the poker room manager of the Wild Horse Resort and Casino. And I'm happy about it because that is the place where I am going to have played poker in my 50th state in Oregon. So we're going to talk to him about his great room and also about the uh, Wild Horse Casino's big poker roundup. That's right, the roundup tournament, which is coming up in November. So stay tuned. We're going to have a great show. Tired of hitting the casino floor and playing the same old table games time after time? Well, there's a new and exciting table game coming to casinos, and it's called Casino Over Under. Casino Over Under combines the thrill of sports betting with the excitement of blackjack. It's easy to learn and incorporates the over-under concept of sports betting in a simple and fluid manner. Casino Over Under is undeniably faster than ordinary blackjack. There are fewer decisions to make, and all of them are fairly easy and exclusive of the other players at the table. Fewer decisions means faster gameplay, and that means more hands. And with payouts as high as 50 to 1, more hands means more winning. Head on over to CasinoOverUnder.com to learn more and stay up to date on where you can play this exciting game. You can even play Casino Over Under on your iPhone with its social app. Casino Over Under. Simple, fast, and fun. Play it now at the Magnolia Bluffs Casino Hotel in Natchez, Mississippi. And coming to casinos near you. Must be 21 years or older to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code BABE16 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code BABE16. That's B-A-B-E-16 at adamandeve.com. Hey, it's Dave from House of Cards, and I'm here to tell you about my experience with my pillow. I'm sure you've seen or heard the inventor Mike Lindell talking about his hugely successful product made in the USA all over TV and radio. Now, I have the world's worst back, and I've always gotten up in the morning with pain and a stiff neck. Since using my pillow, it's gone. It's amazing. And listen to this. Mike is offering a four-for-one deal. Order now. You'll get two MyPillow premiums and two Go Anywhere travel pillows, all for the price of one MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-319-7913, click on or mention Radio Listener Special, and use promo code CARDS, that's C-A-R-D-S, at checkout. MyPillow comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee, a 10-year warranty, you can wash and dry it, and it even stays cool all night. That's the Radio Listener Special at MyPillow.com or call 800-319-7913 and use promo code CARDS. This is House of Cards Radio with Ashley Adams. You are more in need of a night in Atlantic City than any man I've ever met. I'd say sit down at a table, go for dinner, see a show, take a walk on the boardwalk and smell the salt air. But if you're anything like me, nothing after sit down at a table is going to happen.
Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams, your host of House of Cards, and uh, let's get right to it. We have a great author and scholar. Uh, he is Dave Schwartz. He's the director of the Center of Gaming Research, UNLV, and let me say what a job, what a great job that would be to have. Uh, he's also an author, uh, just wrote a book called Boardwalk Playground, the making, unmaking, and remaking of Atlantic City. Dave, are you there? I sure am, Ashley. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about your background so that they know that you know of what you speak. <laughs> sure. I grew up in Atlantic City, New Jersey. was born there, grew up there, worked in a few casinos there, went to college and then went to grad school and got a degree in history and have moved into the history of casinos and that kind of fun stuff. Cool. Uh, before we even get right to it, I do have a question for you about Las Vegas. Um, sure. Why doesn't Las Vegas have a really good uh, museum of gambling? Or do they? And I just haven't seen it. Well, there's a couple of things going on. You have some things in the Mob Museum that's more focused on organized yeah, crime. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Stuff. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. Uh, you also have the Museum of Gambling of Gaming History is a private group that's trying to get together funding to build a museum. They have some exhibits. There is one in the El Cortez, and there is one that is going to go into the Plaza Casino downtown. So I think there's hope for something like this to show up downtown through the Museum of Gaming History. Is Steve Forte involved in that project? Do you Not know who my that, knowledge. Do you know who that is? I, I, I do know who that is. I, I don't believe he is. Well, I got to say, and again, I, I'm sorry to take this off your time because you have a lot of other interesting stuff to talk about. But Steve had at one time the foremost collection of gaming devices and memorabilia going all the way back to some literally some knuckle bones of animals hmm. from ancient Egypt, including every kind of device to hold out stuff that uh, cups that could roll 12s every time um, and I remember he about 10 years ago was looking for a place to display his collection and wanted uh, some help but in any event I, I just figured you would be the best curator of such a place and uh, I'm eager to talk about your book so let's let's talk about it uh, not to bring in pop culture too much but tell us why um, Boardwalk Empire doesn't quite get it right I think Boardwalk Empire looks at one aspect of the city's history, which is the salacious aspect, which is the corruption and all that stuff, which is which is a good thing to look at, and it's great. What I wanted to do in writing Boardwalk Playground was to bring people's awareness of the bigger picture in a focus, saying, you know, this is, is a place that for about 150 years has been a leisure destination. People have gone there to have fun in lots of ways. Yeah, some of that was drinking bootleg whiskey and going to prostitutes and stuff like that. But for a long time, it was going to Easter parades and doing other stuff like that. So I just wanted to show people a little bit more of the character of Atlantic City through through history. So tell us when, chronologically, it was a wide open town. What years are we talking about when prostitution, bootleg liquor, and illegal gambling were allowed even while they were illegal? It goes back pretty far. It goes back to probably the 1880s when Atlantic City first really hit the big time. And people were coming. The city was also a big convention center, so people were coming there for business, men without their wives. And I think that's where the prostitution comes in. But that had been pretty big. In the 20s, of course, that's when Nucky Johnson was running the city, and you really saw that explode. You saw a lot more of both the prostitution and the horse rooms where people would bet on horse races, the telegraph betting, that kind of stuff. So you really saw a lot, a lot more of that in the 20s. When the Depression hit in the 30s, it went underground a little bit, and it finally died out in the 50s after the Kefauver Committee. I see. So there was really nothing going on in the 60s. Well, there was, but it wasn't really so – it wasn't such a high level. And I think it's probably no coincidence that that is when 60s and 70s is when the city's doors was at its lowest, and there's probably the least amount of gambling and that kind of stuff going on. How is it that um, Atlantic City got started as a convention center and had its CD past initiated? What was it that set it off? Anything in specific? Yeah, there was a, there was a guy who today we would say was crazy. He was a doctor. And he had the idea of building a health resort on this windy, mosquito-infested island off the coast of South Jersey and pleaded with people, this is what we need to do. This will be the, the next big city in the East Coast if we build a health resort here. Got some railroad people interested, and they built a railroad from Philadelphia to Camden and Atlantic down to what is now Atlantic City, laid out Atlantic City, flattened the hills, 
filled in the swamp, so most of the mosquitoes went away, but they were still a pretty big problem in the early years. And just through constant promotion, they called it promotion, emotion, and ocean, emotion, and constant promotion. That was the, <laughs> the keys to the cities in the, in the early years. It was just constantly just going out there and saying, hey, come here, come here, come here. And there's some really cool stuff I found research in the book where the people would just line up to greet the trains as they came in. You know, the citizens of Atlantic City would just come out and line up, and this was the greatest thing ever, people coming down just to spend a weekend. So that's really where it got, got its start. So kind of like a health cure. Uh, was there always a like an indigenous population of people since colonial days, or was it truly inhabited for the first time in the 1880s? There's a very small population. So originally you had the Lenny Lenape Indians who would come down there seasonally, migrate there during the summer, migrate back to the mainland in the winter. You had a couple people there. Um, Leeds was the first big settler. He bought up a lot of the land. The Leeds family owned most of the land. It wasn't until the middle of the century in the 1850s that the railroad people came in and bought up most of the Leeds' land, and that's when the real settlement started. But there had been people there before. I see. And listeners, please stay tuned. We will be back after a break. Make your game night the envy of all your friends and family. Play on a one-of-a-kind table. Play on a pro-caliber poker table. Pro-caliber tables are made with the highest quality gaming suede on the market. And with their Table Builder app, customers can create a table to accommodate any game. Select one of the in-stock designs from their site or imprint your own. And now, you can get a free 600-count coin inlay chipset when you purchase a pro-caliber poker table. Here's how. Use offer code H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O, that's H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O, when you check out at ProCaliber.com or when ordering by phone at 24025-POKER, 24025-POKER, that's 240-257-6537. ProCaliber Poker Tables. Stop playing around and get that table you've been looking for. to the House of Cards. I never dreamed that any mere physical experience could be so stimulating. Welcome back, everyone. This is Ashley Adams, your host of House of Cards. For listeners who just turned, tuned in, we're talking to Dave Schwartz, who's the director of the Center of Gaming Research at UNLV. So here's something I've often wondered. It's a personal question in a way. My grandfather, who uh, was a haberdasher in New York, um, raised my mother and her brother, my uncle, in uh, on Long Island in the from the 30s until the 50s. He would vacation usually to the mountains of the Catskills, but sometimes to Atlantic City. He and his buddies, when they were single in the 20s, mm -hmm. and then occasionally they would go down there with, a, with other families in the 30s and 40s. Was the town so wide open that even my grandfather, who was a very wholesome guy, at least who knows if there were skeletons in his closet, that he and his wife, my grandmother, would know that they were going into a place that was a den of iniquity, at least at some level? Or was it quite likely that a lot of the tourists there never accessed or even knew anything about the prostitution, the uh, bootleg liquor, and the gambling? Yeah, the prostitution was down on a place called Snake Alley, so it was a little it was a little bit out of the way. It wasn't like they were out in the boardwalk or something. You had the wholesome stuff on the boardwalk. That's where the Easter parade was, which is a huge thing. And you had that going on. At the same time, if you wanted to lead, lead a certain lifestyle, you could find that lifestyle in Atlantic City. So I think they catered to both the family-friendly groups and the wholesome people as well as the not-so-wholesome people, which is in common with a lot of other resorts at the time and, and probably throughout history and even today. So – in, in a way, then, it was not like Las Vegas, where everybody, including in the 80s when people would bring their families there and they were trying to be family-friendly, everybody knew 
that went there, that they could access whatever they wanted in Las Vegas, as you can today. I'm wondering if it was also just generally known that Atlantic City was a place you could get everything you wanted, even if you didn't want it? Or was that kind of, you'd have to be kind of an insider and kind of looking for it to even know that all this stuff was available if you wanted it? Do you understand my question? I do. I think it was generally known, but it wasn't necessarily out there in your face. But if you did want to find that, it wouldn't be too hard to find. Okay. Very interesting. Um, and I'm also wondering this. What was allowed and what wasn't? I mean, was was there you know, pornographic material available for purchase? Uh, were, were opioids available? Were there opium dens? Was there illegal narcotics? Or was it just alcohol, sex, and uh, gambling? Well, you know, anytime you have a bunch of people getting together, you're going to find all that stuff. And there were, I did find a couple references to a few opium dens. It wasn't a major thing, though. So there was a little bit of that, too. Any Asian community there that you could find? Um, yes. Yes, there is. What was the history of that? I'm just curious how it relates to New York City and the Asian community in New York. I don't, I don't really enough, know enough about that history to go into detail. Okay, but it did exist. Yeah. Um, I remember reading your articles in the past, and I know there was a rise, there was a fall, there was another rise, there was another fall, and another rise. It went up and down. How would you characterize you know, the periods of boom and bust um, over time? It, I imagine in the 1880s it was a boom time. How did it go down and how did it come up over the decades that followed? Yeah, the first real crisis was was in World War One when visitation slumped a little bit, wasn't as popular as it had been because of the war going on. But they recovered pretty quickly. And the 20s were a really great decade for Atlantic City. All that stuff was going on. So you had booming convention travel there, a lot of people coming, bringing their families, a lot of people coming down for the summer. But you also had, of course, all that boardwalk empire stuff going on. So the 20s were pretty good years. 30s, less so. And that was where you really started to see the trouble start. That was the last major hotels built. It was the Claridge, which opened in 1929, Uh, right before the crash. And after that, you didn't really see a lot of building. And the, the 30s is when the trouble started, although things still looked pretty good until the 50s. But by then, the lack of investment started to catch up with them. And it was in the 60s and 70s that things really went downhill. And one of the big events that I talk about in the book was the 1964 Democratic National Convention, which was held in Atlantic City, which was a calamity for the city. Because the convention itself didn't have that much drama, they already knew that Johnson would be the nominee. A lot of the reporters looked around Atlantic City, and they had terrible hotel rooms. The facilities were really bad. It really came across poorly to the national media. And that was really the wake-up call for the city, where they said, hey, we need enough is enough, and it's time for a change. What was the history of segregation there, do you know? I mean, because in a way, New Jersey... That part of New Jersey is kind of southern in some ways. Did they have segregation? Yeah, there was de facto segregation. It was never legally, you know, the African-American community was primarily on the north side. Uh, Certain beaches were segregated. Kentucky Avenue, that was the African-American beach. And there were, when you had the Easter parade, you had a rival African-American Easter parade that went on. So there was a sizable black community in Atlantic City from the start, and there was segregation. What role did organized crime, I mean, the mob, the mafia, the Casa Nostra, play in Atlantic City over the years? Did, did they control it, or did they pretty much stay out of it? Well, I think, like a lot of other places, there was a lot of investment in things, and they ran certain things. You know, were they involved with the sewage department and electricity and water, no. But were they very big in the hospitality business for a while? Yes. In things like liquor and uh, gambling, certainly, yeah. So I think they had a, a large role in, to some extent in developing those aspects of the city that people found appealing. So you're talking about an outside organized crime presence that controlled as opposed to the fact, I mean, I know that they had mobster, uh, a mobster that controlled the city, but he was subordinate, at least in some regards, to a larger organized crime family? 
I don't think it's as cut and dried as that. Okay. I think you had a lot of different groups trying different things. Okay. I, I don't I, think they were that good. They were, they were such good managers. My, my final question is, is there a favorite part of your book that you really want to make sure that people don't miss when they get it? Yeah, I really like the part of the book about the personalities. That's about 10 people who I feature who were really interesting people in the city's history. Not necessarily the most famous, but you can learn about what Naki Johnson was really like. You can learn about people like Chris Colombo, who is a legendary jazz drummer, um, all kinds of folks. So I, I, I kind of like that part a lot. And the community part, too, which talks more about the community organizations and how things like the Atlantic City Medical Center got started and the Beach Patrol and that sort of thing. So I, I really like those aspects of the book that focus on the more community-focused things. Terrific. So how do our listeners get a hold of your book? Well, they can go on Amazon and get it there. It's available on Kindle for less than $5, and it's available in book form, too. Such a uh, deal. Way less, less than less than $20, so pretty inexpensive. And if you go to the website, boardwalkplayground.com, you can get order information. If you want to order it at your local bookstore, they can order it from Baker & Taylor Distribution. Terrific. Dave, a great interview, as always. I love talking to you. Could talk to you for another hour, and I appreciate you joining us. Thank you very much, Ashley. You bet. Uh, listeners, that was Dave Schwartz, director of the Center of Gaming Research at the University of Las Vegas, his new book, Boardwalk Playground. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back. Attention poker players! Do you like using your tablet or phone at the poker table, but hate running out of battery at the end of a long tournament day or cash game? Then you need the Grinder Gadget. The Grinder Gadget is a portable, compact charging station and stand designed by poker players for poker players. It gently grips the rail and allows you to prop up and charge your phone or tablet without touching the felt. The Grinder Gadget not only works well on a poker rail, but just about anywhere an airplane tray, a desk, anywhere. No more setting up your tablet on some wobbly table or leaving it on the floor. Its battery is powerful enough to charge most tablets and phones and still have plenty of juice left over for your headphones or any other device you have. You can even purchase a backup battery for those extra long sessions or trips. So if you like to grind while you grind, the Grinder Gadget is exactly what you've been waiting for. Check out www.grindergadget.com for more information. Get grinding and stay grinding with the Grinder Gadget. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to uh, mention something, that if any of you have any poker questions that you would like to ask, we are always interested in your questions and comments about the show, about the guests, strategy questions. They could be practical questions about where and how to find the game. Send your questions to info at houseofcardsradio.com. And you can also get our tweets on Twitter at www.twitter.com slash HOC radio. We're very interested in them. And of course, if they're particularly interesting, we'll put them on the air and answer them here in our segment of mailbag. Info at houseofcardsradio.com and www.twitter.com slash HOC radio. Info at houseofcardsradio.com and www.twitter.com slash HOC radio. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to let you know about a newspaper in the New England area. If you're looking for poker tournaments or the latest promotions at Foxwoods, Mohegan Sun, Twin River, or if you want to find out what's happening in Las Vegas, Atlantic City, or other casinos around the country, then I recommend you check out New England Gaming News for all the latest news, events, and hot casino action from around the region. You can do that in one of two ways. You can either pick up their free copies at gambling venues throughout New England, or you can visit them at www.thenegn.com and sign up for exclusive specials and promotions. That's www.thenegn.com. The N E G N T H E N E G N dot com. The New England Gaming News, New England's only resource for complete casino and poker news. Need to sell your house fast? 
We're Homevestors, the We Buy Ugly Houses people. You've seen our big yellow billboards with our caveman Ugg, but did you know that Homevestors is America's number one home buyer? At Homevestors, we can buy your house as is, pay you cash, and usually pay most of the closing costs, and we close fast. Call today for your no obligation consultation and get out of that ugly real estate situation. If your house needs repairs, you're ready to downsize, tired of renters and those rental property repairs, retiring, experiencing a job transfer, inherited a property, or just need to sell your house fast, do what thousands of satisfied Homevestor customers have done. Call Homevestors today for a no-obligation consultation at 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. We'll close fast and pay cash. So what are you waiting for? Call Homevestors today. 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Hey, this is Dave Weishadol from House of Cards with your House of Cards Gaming Report for the week of May 23rd, 2016. The Nevada Gaming Control Board filed a complaint last week against CG Technology, one of the state's largest sportsbook managers, alleging that they underpaid bettors by more than $700,000 from an estimated 20,000 wagers. Two years earlier, the board warned CG Technology about failures in their computerized bookmaking system. CG Technology manages sportsbooks for the M Resort, the Hard Rock Hotel, Tropicana, the Cosmopolitan, the Venetian, the Palms, and the Silverton. Amaya Gaming has announced that on May 17th, PokerStars and Full Tilt player pools have been merged. Players will have one account for both brands, so play on both sites will be used to calculate VIP benefits. Amaya sent out emails to all registered players on both sites, outlining the effects on their player accounts. And finally, the Russian Basketball Federation has suspended 24 of their players as a result of their investigation into illegal gambling. The Federation looked at data from bookmakers and found out players were betting on games involving their own teams. The range of the suspensions was anywhere from six months to three years. It's nice to see Russia really embracing capitalism. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. Want some more excitement in your life? Sign up at virgincasino.com with promo code VIRGIN and you'll get up to $100 real cash back, plus for a limited time, $10 in free bonus money to play with. Enjoy slot and casino games like Wheel of Fortune, Cleopatra, Monopoly, Blackjack, and much more. Play on desktop or mobile device with our iOS and Android apps. Must be 21 and over and located in New Jersey. New patrons only. $10 minimum deposit and a wager required to qualify for $100 real cash back. Bonus money must be played through one time before withdrawal. Rules and dates apply. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Gambler. You're listening to the House of Cards with Ashley Adams. A poker face carved in marble. <laughs> Hello, listeners. Welcome back to House of Cards. I'm Ashley Adams, your host for this segment. In fact, for almost all the segments on House of Cards, we are very fortunate. One of the things that we try to do is to feature different poker rooms around the country from the different regions. And we are fortunate to have the poker room manager from the Wild Horse Resort and Casino. His name is Jeremy Mattern, and we have him now. Jeremy, are you there? I am there. I am here, for sure. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so first of all, for listeners that 
are not familiar with the Wild Horse Resort and Casino, tell them where it is. Uh, we are located in the eastern part of Oregon. It's uh, right in the northern part uh, near the uh, Idaho and Washington borders. Uh, we're about two hours from the Idaho border, and we're about 30 minutes from the Washington border. Terrific. Now, I will tell you, um, and I'll tell our listeners, that I first heard of Wild Horse um, about 10 or maybe even 15 years ago in connection to what used to be, at least, a nationally known tournament series called the Roundup. There was a spring roundup, I think, and a fall roundup, and it used to be a place where some of the biggest names in poker, the biggest pros, including my buddy Vince Bergio, would often go, and he always tried to get me to go, and the one year I was going to make it, I think they decided they didn't want pros to be uh, invited or put up, so I didn't end up going, but I've heard of Wild Horse. Uh, How big are you, and tell us about your poker room. Well, the uh, tournaments is kind of where we did get a lot of recognition, and uh, we still today are running those tournaments, and we're still, you know, pumping out, you know, four or five hundred player fields in those tournaments. Um, so that's kind of where most people have heard us, and uh, you know, we started at tournaments because basically we operate a really small three to four table room here locally. And it was just we felt like those tournaments were a way to generate more revenue for our poker room, and we felt like we had to host and get people from the outside coming in. And so that's kind of how you know we got started with those uh, roundups and stuff. I see. And you still have the roundups. When are they? Uh, we still host them in the spring, uh, April. Uh, we still host them uh, in November for the fall. You know, falls are usually our biggest one. That one's coming up uh, November 6th through the uh, 15th, and uh, we're still expecting, you know, four or 500 player fields for almost all our tournaments. So what do you do to accommodate players if your normal room is three to four players? Do you have a banquet hall, or do you take out slot machines, or what do you do to seat all those players? Uh, well, we uh, basically go, we have a big bingo hall here. And uh, we have equipped it over the years as we got bigger with the tournaments. We've equipped them with cameras and all that stuff. So we pretty much closed down our small room, moved shop. We've got about, oh, I'd say about 70 tables out in storage as we speak and chairs. So we bring all that stuff in. We hire 50 outside dealers. And so we pretty much for two weeks, we kind of shut down what we're doing normally and host these big events. Well, that's terrific. Tell us about the November event. What are you going to have? What's your biggest event? And what other smaller events are you going to have between November 6th and November 15th at the Wild Horse? Well, the the, uh, uh, the tournament series there in November, the Fall Poker Roundup, uh, we have a bevy of buy-ins from, ranging from 100 to our biggest event, which is a high-roller event. It's a $1,500 event that we put on. Um, we basically go two weeks where we're running tournaments and we spread about 24 cash game tables after the tournaments. So we uh, uh, got a pretty big, you know, series planned, like uh, as always. And we're still, uh, you know, like I said, pumping out pretty big numbers in those fields. Wow. The uh, smaller room, there are smaller tournaments. You know, we just like any real local small card room where we're just running a lot of, um, you know, just weekly little tournaments. And we spread like one or two games. It's more locally driven, of course. Is your big November, is the fall roundup, is it all hold'em all the time, or do you spread any Omaha or stud or any other kind of games? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, we, uh, we, we do everything. We have a horse tournament on one of those dates. Like I said, we have an Omaha tournament. We run a seniors event. Um, we run, you know, turbo-type tournaments where it's a little bit faster structure. Um, and like I said, we started running a high roller event because that's been the trend, obviously, in the industry the last few years. And um, so we're, we're kind of running a bevy of different games. The main event, I know a lot of the big tournaments have gone to a multiple starting day structure where you have 1A, 1B, 1C, perhaps on two or three different days. Um, how are you doing yours? Uh, we, we, we are basically, our main event is just a, it's a two-day tournament because, you know, they're hour rounds, but we're, we're just doing one starting day. We haven't, uh, we've talked about running an event where we'd have multiple starting days, obviously for bigger prize pools, but we just haven't gone that route. We've kind of just stuck to what's been successful for us. I understand. Do you have uh, re-entries or is it just one entry event? Uh, we have just one entry for ours. Again, Good. we, we kind of discussed uh, 
doing re-entries, but like we do with a lot, like when we talk about doing major changes, we, we talk to a lot of our players. We get a lot of input from them, and I just have it really from the players that have been coming to our tournaments been really loyal to us. They just don't really want that. I understand. I'm the same way. I like uh, you buy in once, and that's it. Um, so if somebody were listening to this show uh, anywhere around the country and they decided, hey, I'm going to go play in that uh, fall roundup, how would they get to Pendleton? Do you have a major airport? Is there a nearby place? So what's the best way? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, the uh, we have a uh, we do have an airport here in Pendleton. It's a it's a bit smaller, um, but is accessible for uh, um, bigger airports. Um, a lot of people that we do, and we do get a lot of people that come from like Florida. Uh, believe it or not, we got we have had a couple guys come from New York who've been coming here for years. Um, and they fly into uh, Pasco, which is about an hour. Again, that's right there in that Washington area, and that's a major airport, not like JFK or anything like that, but it's big enough where you get, you know, 747s land in there. All right. Well, just so our listeners know, I, I've i played poker in 48 states, Jeremy, and I'm on a mission to play in all 50. So the week before your tournament, October 31st, I'm flying to Boise, playing poker in Idaho, if I can find a decent game in a place where poker is pretty much illegal, but I'll find something. And then I'm going to drive to Pendleton to play at your room probably on that Monday night, the uh, 2nd of November. And I'm wondering, what am I likely to find the week before your major tournament in your three or four table poker room? Oh, that Monday night, uh, Monday for whatever reason, uh, our locals basically we just we spread a lot of a lot of Omaha games, a couple of Omaha games. Uh, that's been kind of been the trend for the last three or four months, where we're just getting a lot of our locals are getting more into the Omaha games. Um, we don't necessarily run tournaments because we've been getting a lot of good live game action that night. So you, you're there ready to play a little Omaha. That'd be the night to come. Now, would it be pot limit Omaha high, or would it be a limit Omaha eight or better game or what kind of omaha oh that's that's a great question it's a it's a limit omaha and it's eight or better ah. that, that like i said it's a it's a uh, been a favorite of our locals here they they really uh i think uh, as they they come out to the bigger tournaments and we're getting more people out of town for those that they starting to get introduced to different games and so it's been kind of weird how the poker roundups have helped transform our little poker room you know sure Sure. Tell me um, a few other things about the games that you spread, and then we can talk about the casino at large. First of all, what is the rake that you take? I seem to recall that you have a very reasonable rake. Yeah, you know, we, we definitely, you know, obviously being a smaller room and, you know, and we've kind of taken that approach even with the bigger tournaments. You know, we try to be reasonable with the rake. Uh, we do a dollar jackpot drop and we do a $3 rake and no wow, more. Wow, that's great. So. A $3 rake. Uh, boy, that's going the way of the uh, dodo bird. I wish we had more places with $3 rakes. I'm not encouraging you to raise it. I love that. Um, and <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you have table-side food service? Do you have to leave to get food? How does that work? No, no. We, we'll bring it right to you. Uh, we got... You know, great. We got all kinds of great restaurants here. We've got about four different restaurants, and so we we definitely can bring you anything from a hamburger, hot dog to, you know, uh, a steak from the plateau, whatever you you, you want to eat. You can eat right there at the table. Um, we definitely uh, try to cater to our players. You know, we don't want them leaving the room for you know to go eat. We want them to sit there and enjoy their enjoy their meal and be able to keep playing. Sure. So do you have free drink service or non-alcoholic drinks or a coffee machine or anything like that for players? Uh, absolutely. We uh, definitely have a drink service there, not uh, non-alcoholic. Uh, we still don't, uh, we don't serve alcohol on our floor here at the casino, uh, So, but we got all kinds of pop, free pop service, free coffee, whatever you're looking for. That's terrific. You don't happen to have a comp system there, do you, where you earn points or money when you play? Oh, yeah, we, we definitely do. Uh, it's probably not as much as players want, but uh, we do definitely <laughs> run a comp system there. And, uh, you know, we, we try to, you know, not only do we do that, but we try to just go out of our way here and there to, you know, comp players and, you know, make them feel special. That's know? terrific. So tell us about the rest of the casino. You have uh, a hotel. You mentioned some restaurants. Just give us a good picture of what else you have at the Wild Horse. 
Sure do. Uh, well, we have a 10-story hotel, uh, which has helped greatly over the years with the bigger tournaments for us. Um, we have about four different restaurants, anywhere from uh, a simple hamburger place to a sandwich place to uh, fine dining plateau. We've got a buffet, of course. What casino doesn't? Um, and we also have probably over a 900 slot machines. Got a 13, 14 pit with blackjack, three-card poker, basically all the carnival games that you can think of. That's terrific. How long have you been there, Jeremy? I've been here about 15 years, and I started started as a dealer, just kind of worked my way up over the years. And who who generally comes to your casino? I mean, what's the demographic? Do you draw from Boise? Do you draw from just Pendleton? Uh, I'm not talking about the big tournament. Where are your regular players from? Well, we pretty much, uh, we're right on I-84, which is a major highway, so we get Boise people coming in. We get people from Tri-Cities area up there in Richland, Kinnickwick, and uh, Pasco, Washington, which is a big draw. Walla Walla is about a half hour away. Uh, obviously, pretty locally there for Pendleton locals. Uh, it's kind of a little mix of everything. Wow, well, we, I can't we wait. Get a lot, yeah, we get a lot of uh, Washington people mostly. Well, I can't wait. I've never played in Oregon. I don't know when I'll get back there, but uh, I am eager to meet you. Why don't you give our listeners your website so they can check you out in more detail? Yeah, uh, it is wildhorseresort.com. Wildhorseresort.com. I'm eager to get out there and play and eat and sleep and enjoy your accommodations. All right. I can't wait to host you. Thank you, Jeremy. We'll be seeing each other in just a couple of weeks. All right, great. Thank you. Take care. Listeners, we're going to come back with uh, another segment after a quick break. Hi, listeners. It's Ashley Adams, and I wanted to take a minute to talk about my pillow. I'm sure you've seen or heard the commercials about this hugely successful product made in the USA. Sleeping well, I've found, contributes to playing poker well. And I can tell you that this pillow, my pillow, which I've been using, has helped me sleep longer and more deeply. And now my pillow is offering a four-for-one deal. You can get two MyPillow premiums and two go-anywhere travel pillows, all for the price of one MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-319-7913, click on or mention Radio Listener Special, and use promo code CARDS, C-A-R-D-S, at checkout. MyPillow comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee, a 10-year warranty, and you can even wash and dry it. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation. That's the Radio Listener Special at MyPillow.com or call 800-319-7913 and use promo code cards tired of hitting the casino floor and playing the same old table games time after time well there's a new and exciting table game coming to casinos and is called casino over under casino over under combines the thrill of sports betting with the excitement of blackjack it's easy to learn and incorporates the over under concept of sports betting in a simple and fluid manner casino over under is undeniably faster than ordinary blackjack There are fewer decisions to make, and all of them are fairly easy and exclusive of the other players at the table. Fewer decisions mean faster gameplay, and that means more hands. And with payouts as high as 50 to 1, more hands means more winning. Head on over to CasinoOverUnder.com to learn more and stay up to date on where you can play this exciting game. You can even play Casino OverUnder on your iPhone with its social app. Casino OverUnder. Simple, fast, and fun. Play it now at the Magnolia Bluffs Casino Hotel in Natchez, Mississippi, and coming to casinos near you. Must be 21 years or older to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. 
Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's JerseyManMagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. This is House of Cards Radio with Ashley Adams. Everybody is to leave here immediately. This cafe is closed until further notice. Clear the room at once. How can they close me up? On what ground? I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Everybody out at once. I love that scene from Casablanca. It's so, so subtle. Uh, <laughs> uh, everybody, I'm Ashley Adams. In case you didn't know, this is House of Cards, and uh, this is my favorite segment, the mailbag segment. I'm in studio with my producer, Dave Wyshattle, as we are every week. What do we have this week? Well, we got a couple questions, but I always have to uh, do the housekeeping first, I've been told. So if you have a question for us, you can email us at info to houseofcardsradio.com. And I corrected this. You can tweet us. I got the right conjugation of that term. Tweet us at HOC Radio. Post a question on our Facebook page or leave a message or text us on the House of Cards hotline, 609-474-4627. And remember, if we use your uh, question on the air, you get a party poker baseball hat. We have a question from Peggy from South Carolina. And she contacted us through our hotline, so we'll let Peggy ask the question. Ooh, okay. Go, Peggy. Come Go, on, Peggy. Peggy. Come on, Peggy. It, when you play seven card, low hole, wild, if you have an ace, uh, two, say two aces in the hole, can the ace be used as either high or low as it is in blackjack? Very good I'd question. I appreciate an answer. Don't cut off, Peggy. I'm sorry, Peggy. <laughs> I, I think that's a great question. When I play low in the whole card wild, aces can be either high or low. So you could use the aces as wild cards and have them uh, combining with cards on the board to make whatever hand you want. Or the aces themselves could be high, and you could use a three as a low card, let's say, if it was in the hole. And if you had three threes and two aces, you could make five aces instead of just five threes if the aces are low. So we play both ways. That, that's primarily a kind of a home game kind of question, right? Not, is, is, I wouldn't you, say primarily. I mean, it is exclusively a home game. Casinos oh, do, really? Oh, casinos okay. do not have wild cards except for the now somewhat obsolete uh, five-card draw where you could use the joker as a wild card in certain limited ways. But other than that, I have never heard of wild cards in casinos ever. And I've also never heard of anybody playing low hole card wild outside of a basement or maybe a kitchen. <laughs> it's not a living room game. It's got to be basement or kitchen. <laughs> I, I was racking my brain to find a casino that actually spread that. No, was... the, the wildest games you'll find in casinos are probably Crazy Pineapple or Watermelon. Okay, you, but... you, okay you're going to have to explain that one. What's Crazy Pineapple? Crazy Pineapple is actually Omaha. Uh, it's Hold'em, but you get a third card that you discard after the flop. Conventional pineapple, you get three cards in the hole, and you discard it before the flop. So you make your best two-card whole, whole hand uh, from three cards and then discard one before the flop. Crazy pineapple, it's after the flop. And watermelon, you get four cards. You discard one before the flop and one after the flop. And where do they spread this one at? Uh, well, crazy pineapple, they used to spread out in Cities of Gold in, uh, Al in Santa Fe. But they also have occasionally those tournaments at a couple of casinos in Las Vegas from time to time, pineapple and crazy pineapple. You know, I got, we're talking about games that aren't spread too often. And I keep asking you, and I, I, I keep wanting to come back to you after every trip you make. Yes. Do they spread seven-card stud anywhere yeah, at sure. this time? Where, Foxwoods, where? It spread, okay. a lot of it spread at Foxwoods. Mohegan Sun has a game. They used to have a game in southern Indiana at Caesars, and out in the Commerce they spread it, and they even have a small game at Samstown in uh, Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And probably a few other casinos around the country, including in Florida, have low stakes, one to five stud. Big stud, Commerce, Bellagio occasionally, fewer and fewer. 
and then in Connecticut, and then the Taj used to have it. The Taj, of course, doesn't have a poker room. I think they're closed now. I think they're going to reopen pretty soon. They may reopen, and uh, the Borgata gets a seven-stud game, a big seven-stud game. Uh, Chester, Harris Chester in Philadelphia. Well, actually, they're calling it Harris Philadelphia. Right, well, but so. I, I know it's, it's in Chester. It's in I know. Chester. It's they used to have a seven-stud game. I don't know if they still get it. So probably half a dozen to ten places have any stud, and four to six places have uh, high, regular, um, you know, five, ten or bigger. You know, before we go, I want to thank Peggy for a thought-provoking question. You, you won't believe the questions or statements we get on the hotline. We have people... Uh, you know, I the worst dealers are at this place, and I can't believe they don't serve free alcohol at this place. So I was like, so Did we thank, send Peggy a hat. Yeah, we're going to send Peggy a hat. So Great, we we definitely will. Great, all right. So, oh, he's holding up a piece. So we have two more minutes. We have <laughs> yeah, to use two. up. But I am uh, actually planning my trip now. It's in the final stages of flying out to okay. Idaho and Oregon. I'm going to add state 49 and 50. That's very exciting. Okay. Idaho's so, 49. Oregon is 50. I think I will break my 50th. I will play in my 50th state at the Wild Horse Casino okay. in Pendleton. Where in Idaho are you going to do real quick? Going to Boise. 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 Right. I, I, I'm looking for a game. I mean, okay. they have free games. I'm looking for a real cash game okay, for so any of our listeners. If you're in Idaho or know any place in Idaho that has poker that Ashley can go play? That's right. Please let me know. Send us an email. And on that happy note, we're going to end. That's House of Cards. We'll come back and talk to you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.